welcome one welcome all to the simple politics podcast i'm your host kobe omanaka and your political noob i'm joined as always by your political connoisseurs in diane and tatton how are you guys doing today i'm gonna get to i'm gonna get to tatton first because i know how diane's doing but let's get to tatton briefly I'm just enjoying the idea of being a connoisseur. No one's ever described me as a connoisseur before. Uh, I quite frequently take umbrage at uh, the labels you give me at the beginning, but I'll take connoisseur. All the labels are meant in, you know, in love. <laughs> I don't think I really know what a connoisseur is. I just it just sounds like something with some with style and class and taste, which is uh, well, there you not go. Exactly. how I'm usually described by people. Good. Well. Take it, take it. Uh, Diane, how are you doing? I'm okay. Um, I'm a little bit croakier because I am I am COVID positive. So if you're le- listening to the podcast, just make sure you wash your hands really well at the end. And um, yeah. singing happy should, birthday. Should be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but yes, got me drink, after drink two bleach. years. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Um, my first, my first... COVID experience. So I have to say, so there's, there's a couple of things there. One, one was it in the in the crystal ball last week, uh, or maybe not in the crystal ball, but Tatton, you did say that COVID is on the rise, mm-hmm. um, yep. and we are again more people knowing people with COVID. At the same time, it's a lesser, less powerful strain, more contagious but less powerful strain. Um, secondly, when you said about drink the bleach, I I had completely forgotten about that nonsense part of the pandemic um my god that was actually generally quite terrifying um so thanks but no thanks for that reminder didn't he he want to put uv lights he wanted to put uv lights inside people's bodies as well (laughs) i i really felt for anthony fauci for that period of having to somehow hold the united states together in the face of some moronic i think we can be slightly um give an indicator where we're thinking on the u.s side of things but Trump was an idiot. <laughs> a lot of people say he was an idiot, yes. <laughs> Should we try bleach? Have we tried putting lights inside people? Is that is that a thing? Listen, uh, listen, all I'm saying is I haven't had COVID and I just drink a bit of bleach every day. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Don't say that. Uh, those two things might not be linked. I do it for cleanliness mm-hmm. rather than anything else. Um, I should say... Drinking of bleach, no matter how small the amount, is not endorsed by the Simple Politics podcast. That is something that may or may not. That's something that Tatum may or may not do, but he's a lunatic. Well, with that, guys, hopefully the course of this podcast will help lift your spirits a bit, Diane. Uh, but let's head to the popularity contest. This section will look through the week's most popular posts in reverse order. What have we been seeing this week? Tatton. Well, it's been it's been another ridiculously busy week. Um, mm. The spring statement and NATO and just all the other stuff. The Ukraine has been a month, a month of that awful war in Ukraine. Two years since lockdown, we've got COVID coming back. I mean, just, just a lot of horrid things. And then mm. I think maybe the most horrid, I mean, it's because the individual, but the, the, the story about Charles Q who was strip searched in a school without anyone else present and just on a period. It's just awful, mm. this experience. And it's one of these things where a bad experience then speaks to the experience of other people. And we, we, we've heard of child Q. Heaven knows how frequently this stuff's going on. Heaven knows. And the government have said the government condemned it and they've said they need an independent report as to what, what's going on. Um, the opposition is saying, we don't need an independent report. We know it's happening. Here's evidence. Let's go. And the government's like, 
just just calm down a bit. This is terrible, but we've got to react right, not act quickly. It's it's kind of horrific in the way that you say we don't know how often this is happening. I've never heard of this happening before, but as soon as I heard of it happening, it's like, well, this can't be the first time. And no. that's yeah. And in Parliament, there was an urgent question asked about this this week, and one of the Labour MPs quoted a figure that I think it's an, an annual figure that. 9,000 strip searches of, of minors, of, of children, had taken place, which, you know, I, I can't even believe that is even a, it, it's, um, you know, it just it doesn't even bear thinking about, you know. And, yeah, like you say, the, the, the situation with this, that at school, at school, which is, yeah. you know, a safe haven, really, for lots of people, um, you know, what, what was the without, school thinking? Without an appropriate adult. Yeah. Without an, an appropriate, without a carer, without a guardian there. Yeah. Um. I mean. Yeah. So what what does the urgent question do in 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 general? Tatten. <laughs> you 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 talk about practically so what it does. Every every day, every day there is um parliamentary business schedules. Like we're going to talk about this bill, or we're going to debate this. But on the day, a government minister can say, I want to come in and speak about my department and tell you something that's happened in the Department of Transport or Education or whatever. And if no government minister said they want to talk about that, then the opposition, any actually any MP, it can be a Conservative MP as well, can say, I want to ask a minister an urgent question. We need to talk about child queue. Mm. Yeah. So, and then a minister is forced to then come to the House of Commons and answer the question. Now, if it's going to be, if a minister wants to make a statement, you normally get the top dog minister. And if it's an urgent question, it normally means that the government don't really want to talk about it that much. And so they normally send not the top dog, you get a much more junior minister coming mm -hmm. in. And so, in, in, in reality, an urgent question is much more for opposition or backbench MPs to get their points across than really to hear information from the government. Because if the government had information, if the government wanted to give information, they would have put their, their best foot forward yeah. and got out there with a ministerial statement. Thank you very much for that update and insight there. At number two, Diane, what is going on here? Yes. So at number two, it was one of the headlines of uh, Rishi Sunak's spring statements on Wednesday. Um, we waited with this with beta breath of the things that were happening. I mean, the first headline we put out was obviously about the six pence off a litre of petrol that has been, um, been you know, the, the host of many a, a photo opportunity since that, that came in. Yeah? yeah five. Five. I said six. Five pence. <laughs> you said six. You're giving yeah. away money, Diane. <laughs> yeah, I said six. Five. Definitely five pence a uh, litre of petrol. And then the second one, this is what's coming at number two, which has got lots of people's attention, is that the threshold at which you start to pay national insurance will rise by three grand in July. So it'll go up to 12,570. That's the threshold to start paying NI. Now that, I guess, is, was met with mixed response because as you know, national insurance is going up in April anyway. So it's mm -hmm. going up, but for a specific reason, it's going up for this levy to pay for health and social care um, reform. Yeah. And then this extra bit where the threshold's going to rise isn't coming into July. And um, I've, I've seen the Treasury try to explain that a bit since and said, 
They still definitely, definitely need the levy to pay for the health and social care stuff. So that has to go ahead. And they're set up, you know, that's that's been um, trailed for a while. They're set up to do that and start collecting that from, from April. So great. But this threshold where they're trying to just soften the blow a bit for people, it won't eradicate what they're doing with the levy, but trying to soften the blow because of cost of living um, will come in in July. And the reason that that comes in later is because software, payroll, employment systems, because this is a new announcement, all need to be updated for that for July. Okay, And according to the Treasury, about 70% of workers should still be paying less even after the levy once the threshold kicks in. Okay, that's what that's what they claim. Um, but it is very individual. And mm. a lot of, you'll see after any kind of mini budget or any of this thing, personal calculators spring up all over on different sites like Money Supermarket and Witch and things like that. And I, I think if anyone's worried or concerned about how it's going to affect them, I'd definitely say, you know, without... without channeling martin lewis um to have a look at the personal calculators to see how it's going to actually impact you i encourage you to channel martin lewis though Diana. Yeah, that, no, would, that would be great <laughs> <laughs> if you can channel money saving expert uh tatton what's the number one post the number one post is about smacking it's about hitting children um and in wales now people with parental responsibility will no longer be able to use reasonable punishment as a defence when they've smacked, hit, slapped or shaked a child. And it's already a law against Scotland and now it's uh, a law in Wales. And if you're visiting Wales as well, so if you're in Wales, it, it's against the law. It's not currently against law in England. Because... Um, hmm. Hitting children is cool here. I'd like to reiterate this. <laughs> yeah. Do not drink bleach, kids. Do not hit D children. Yeah, I mean, don't... Tatton, don't, Tatton's don't, setting a poor standard neither, here. Neither drink bleach nor hit children is... Um, I think I think that's the SP way. It is. I just, yeah, it, like, it seems like common sense. I don't, I, honestly, I don't know why it's not a law in England. Um, presumably it will be at some point. But ge generationally, I mean... Smacking as a as a kid was commonplace. Um, if not in your household, you probably knew friends who were smacked on the on the bottom or or worse or less. And I didn't know it wasn't a law, but I don't know anyone now. I don't know any parents who you know smack their kids. Um, it's a, it's been law in school for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but, Apart from private and, or independent schools, is that is that no been no no? It's, it's now illegal in private and independent schools. Okay, it was there was a time when it was legal in private independent schools and not in, in regular schools, but that was quite a brief time, quite a long time ago, like in the nineties, it came in, I think, in private schools. So yeah, you can't be hit by a teacher, you can't be hit. So it's so specifically people with parental responsibility have been able to say reasonable punishment as long as it was reasonable you know as long as it's not like a black eye mm. like a clip to the head or whatever it might be but in wales it's just gone you can't use that scotland you can't do it uh england northern ireland watch the space okay let's head to the second section that's the thursday debate every week you guys set the readers a debate topic and this week it was next week is the last week of parliament before easter what if anything would you like the mps to debate tatton Oh, I love this stuff. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want, people? Let's go. And then what happens is people go, yeah, uh, like, 
I hate the government. So, okay, brilliant. Great debate team. Well done. They say it's just like a free a free text entry box without any direction. Yeah. Just blah, 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 blah. I mean, like, right. So what kind of debate did you want there? I mean, like, what's the purpose? Um, and then and then, you know, all the all the people who make their own fun um wanting to talk about the strength of tea and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, you know, we do like a bit of levity. Levity. A bit, yeah. We no, we we are well lols. <laughs> as a page famously well lols but um yeah we're not going to talk about those kinds of responses today Diane, what do actually people say okay let's have a few because there were a few good ones definitely um so we've got hog thoughts on instagram said an independent childcare review that's quite topical people's childcare bills are um you know quite extortionate and they basically say that people are leaving the workforce in droves because of it. So if you can't afford childcare, you can't go out to work. So that's something the government should look at. Um, Beth and Anna said um, they'd like a debate um, around COVID, whether it was actually right to lift restrictions. Um, even if there are less mortalities, the NHS is still under strain. So interesting. That was always the mantra, wasn't it? Save the, save the NHS, save the world. Yeah. It used Phrased differently. I've just um, <laughs> yeah. taken a phrasing from the from the TV show Heroes. There, <laughs> yeah, love it. quite dated. <laughs> I love really up to date reference there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, the one response I thought was really interesting was just being Nick. Why we're sending money to other countries when the Tories are about to send five hundred thousand children in the UK to, to, into absolute poverty, mm. and it, it, uh, this is fascinating because quite often the group of people who don't believe in foreign aid, who don't believe in helping other countries, we look after our own, are also conservative voters. Mm. That's that's quite a right-wing perspective. Now, clearly, it does exist on the left as well. And the, and, and this, uh, and, and Nick, I assume, just being Nick is called Nick, rather than someone else pretending to be Nick, clearly, clearly thinks that they're not, well, they're clearly not fans of the Conservative Party and they clearly don't want to use, give as much for own aid. And that's an, a, an interesting, a slightly niche political perspective. But I think it'd be very interesting to have a debate about the, the need for foreign aid and why we spend it and how we justify spending it when we have real poverty here in the UK. It's a fascinating debate. Nick, I salute you for your debate. <laughs> uh, another really good one that comes up now and again when we talk about stuff that could happen is um, Sue McFarlane wanted to talk about uh, voting, voting in general. So um, proportional representation, which the Conservatives will never be fans of or, <laughs> or, or want to bring in. Um, but she said a, a debate around that is long overdue. Um mm which is interesting and would be a, would be a very good debate, I have to say. I mean, the, the, the problem is that they have frequent debates on proportional representation, but they're all in Westminster Hall, mm -hmm. um, which is like the second debating chamber, which is a room in which uh, MPs walk to say things that no one's going to hear. Um, and just in order to have raised it in Parliament, but it's changing the voting system just doesn't have it doesn't have support from the government and it doesn't have support from the opposition and the SNP aren't really that up for it either so so the liberal democrats i think want it and i think yeah. the green party yeah. do um so but, but that's probably you know you could probably fit everyone that really wants proportional representation in a double decker bus so 
people do want to talk, people do talk about it in Parliament, but there's no no opportunity to really progress anything meaningful. Uh, just a couple that I want to just quickly mention before we go into the next section. Yeah. Um, I like the, honestly, Holly, uh, you turn on the windfall tax for energy companies. Let's give an ordinary folk a fighting chance. Obviously linking into the the cost of living crisis we're going here, here we're experiencing now and will be experiencing further in you know, this time next week. And TJ Branderson, what's the difference between a refugee crisis in Ukraine and the same phenomenon in places like Iraq, Syria, Yemen? These could be debated long and hard. And mm -hmm. I think there's been both of these have been the source of a lot of news articles um, over the past few weeks. So I think maybe uh, we'll talk about it at further length in the future episode of the Simple Politics Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, fascinating questions. Absolutely. Yeah. Really good. I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author, and host of Women vs. Hollywood, a new podcast from the Stripped Media family. We're exploring the fall and rise of women in Hollywood from the silent era to the present day and into the future. Each episode, I'm joined by three or more special guests to discuss the challenges that women face in the film industry and look at what we can do to change the picture. We've got actors, directors, producers, writers, academics, film experts, you name it, they're all here to explain what's going on in Hollywood. Search for Women vs Hollywood now, wherever you're listening to this, and come join us. Well, before we get to the next section, Tatan, you do some live shows with a friend of yours and mine, Tin and Duyeb. He's, his, his surname is notoriously difficult to pronounce. I don't know if I got it right this time, but he's a lovely guy. Tatan, you're going to do some live shows soon. What Can you tell us what, what's going to happen in those? When they're going to be? Where? Oh, do you know what? I'm so pleased to be back. Our last live shows, uh, we did a little mini tour. Tian and I did a little mini tour up north, finishing in Chorley. And uh, like all the shows were cancelled except for two because because um, of COVID. Because COVID was coming. It was like March 2020. And it was a really odd time. And now the show, the show used to, so it's a kid's show. It's mostly, I try and talk very seriously about politics and Tiernan uh, takes the mick a lot and stops <laughs> me talking about politics. And uh, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's all about the young people in front of us, not about, about, about us. But it used to be like, when we last did the show, about a quarter of it was trying to explain a bit about Brexit. Mm. Right? Two years on, two and a bit years on, the whole show needs rewriting. The whole of politics has changed. Um, and even though the show is really basically about what how politics is about solutions to problems and tolerance and peace and love and discussion and all the all the stuff that I that I love and laughter and just lots and lots of laughter. Even though it's such on those terms, the show still could change completely. And we've brought in lots of jokes about steps. So what 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 you can't see now, guys, is Tatten has donned a pink cowboy hat, um, an official Steps branded. Is pink it cowboy hat? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So H and um, Lisa Scott Lee and Claire. There's a Claire yeah. from Steps. They're making money from the show. Uh, from they have made money in that I've bought their hats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's, it's it's just really fun, and I can't wait to get out there. We're doing we're, we're doing proper tour in the autumn, and those dates are being sorted. But on the fourteenth of April, during the school holidays, we're at Bury St Edmunds mm -hmm. Theatre Royal, Bury St Edmunds, and on the twenty third of April, we're at the Palace Theatre in Watford. And do come along, and it's just so much fun. I love it. 
And um, just a little plug for Tiernan's own podcast, the Partly Political uh, Podcast, which you can find in the same place you get this. Uh, he's a lovely guy. And tell him we sent you. Right. Let's head up to section three. Bills, bills, bills. In this section, we have a look at a bill that's going through Parliament. Tatton, what's going on next week? Okay, so next week, we've got the Police Crime Sentencing Courts Bill. If that name sounds familiar, it's because it's been going through Parliament for a long time now. Um, this, this, this kind of first became famous. It was best known for the pro being a protest bill and stopping people having, having the right to protest. And now a lot of the focus on it is about uh, misogyny and misogyny being a hate crime. Because the government said in their manifesto, we are going to stop, we're going to cut violence against women and girls. We're going to seriously stop this like it's awful and uh the opposition have said we need to have in order to do this efficiently we need to have misogyny as a hate crime because you know what it's a crime caused by hate let's do that and the government said there's a law society report that said that it could if you did make it a hate crime that could get in the way the bureaucracy and the various other things the line is it could prove detrimental to efforts to tackle violence against mm. women and girls so you've got both sides wanting the same thing here. Everyone is saying we've got to start violence against women and girls and people are coming at different approaches and having different ideas about it. So the House of Lords have come up with a slightly alternative version that basically makes crimes inspired by hatred for women and girls, crimes inspired or aggravated by sexual gender as a specific offence. So it's kind of a halfway house. This is their compromise. They're sending back to the Commons. The Commons are going to look at it on Monday and say whether they agree. And there's also lots, still lots of disagreement about protests and the right to protest and the right to be a nuisance and the right to make lots of noise and the right to block the road and the right to do all these things. And that's just a deeply controversial point because protest has never been peaceful or never entirely exclusively peaceful. I mean, if I just stand by the side of the road whispering that I don't like, you know, being called a connoisseur, right? It's not going <laughs> to have, have, have an impact. No. So big, loud, noisy. That's what protests are. So we, we, shall, we, we, we shall see. The House of Lords put forward lots of changes and we'll just see what happens on Monday. Yeah. It's an interesting one, the noise, because I, I swear I've seen something today that I need to look into a little bit more around some guidance and some draft guidance that the government have put out um, where things like double glazing will be considered as to whether something is too noisy or not. So if you're protesting outside somewhere that does have really effective double glazing, that might be okay. Whereas if it's, you know, single pane, that might be a problem. <laughs> and and um, yeah, that, that level of detail just sounds, sounds pretty, uh, pretty interesting. So I'm going to definitely have it's a your... search for that. If you're planning a protest, could you send a glazier <laughs> round to someone's house? <laughs> I, I assume that that kind of detail, that kind of level of detail will be in the in the text of the bill. No, it'll come as guidance. No. It'll, it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll be subsidiary yeah. to the bill. Yeah. Well, guys, let's head to random choice. This is section four. We can go anywhere here. Diane, where do you want to take us? So this is going to be relying heavily upon um, Tatton's expertise again, this one, because it is parliamentary. We really want to talk about parliamentary ping pong, which sounds way funner than it probably is. <laughs> In my mind, 
already what's happening is we got we got Bojo on one side, got Sir Keir Starmer on either side of the of the big table, and they're just playing ping pong. Is it is it is it not that? No. No. Sorry. Okay. I'm just I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for you two to have your fun so I can come in and, and really, really talk parliamentary procedure. And we've had urgent questions, we've had ministerial statements. I am in my element today. So parliamentary ping pong is the House of Lords and the House of Commons both go through their, their time with the bill, right? But they've got to agree to the same bill. They can't sign off different versions, could have one version that then becomes the Act of Parliament. So rather than getting one room together, like might be quite sensible, right? Get a big table, get everyone in and kind of hammer out ideas. The House of Lords looks at it and they make a change and then it goes back to the House of Commons and House of Commons generally, because they've got the government majority in the House of Commons, they generally take out the House of Lords changes. Then it goes back to the House of Lords and the House of Lords can either stick with um, the change and put it back in or they can suggest a compromise or they can go, oh, okay, there we go. And then if 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 they don't sign off on exactly what the Commons wanted, then it goes back to the Commons again. And this is why it's called ping pong, because it goes across, cross, 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 which is um the same noise as they make on ping pong. Um and they have to give they have to give like reasons. One of the reasons on the policing bill we we're just talking about was uh said because the Lords wish the Commons to consider the matter again. There you go. We're, keep, we're keeping this in, putting this back in, so you can consider the matter again. I mean, that's like in, in, in Parliament terms, that's like a fight outside a pub. Like that's uh, that's proper proper in your face talk. Because um, they just said you should, you should, we should do this. This is the right thing to do. And the reason we're talking about this now, and this is really important, on Tuesday the tenth of May, is the Queen's speech which means the Queen rocks up to Parliament and she reads out all the bills for the next parliamentary session, the new parliamentary year. It's like the head teacher's talk at the beginning of a school year, right? I then, all laws from this parliamentary year have to be finished, right? So anything that's not complete is in the bin. So right now, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see all the major government bills, nationality and borders, policing, health and social care, um, elections... Uh, all, all, all the big bills this year doing the ping pong. Commons Lords, Commons Lords, Commons Lords, Commons Lords, so they can all get done in time for the Queen to make a speech. When are we going to find out whether it passes or not? This is, uh, this is Parliament, Kobe. This, there's, no, there's no fix. I mean, like okay. at some point, they'll suddenly go, oh, it's all done. Or, I mean, because it can go on late, 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 because it needs to be done. Yeah. So what they do is they, they'll timetable an evening and say, right, today we're sorting out amendments. And they'll swap rounds. So the agriculture bill could be in the Lords and the policing bill could be in the Commons. And then they'll swap rounds. And then they'll sort and they'll they'll, they'll they'll keep swapping them round. And then they'll and then one lot will go and have some supper while the other lot are looking at their amendments. And then, you know, they'll go to the, the, that lot will go and to have their dinner and the Lords come back. Like this can happen late, 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 late at night. I think Parliament's going to, I think, it hasn't been announced yet, but I think Parliament's last day will be the 29th of April, maybe. So by then, by then we'll know. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll revisit that after the 29th of April. Let's head to Section 5, Crystal Ball. This is the look ahead. What's on the horizon? What's in your mind 
to talk about, to think about, to read about, to look out for next week? Diane. Okay, so I've got a real specific one because it's a definite, definite D. It's line in the sand. Next Friday is the 1st of April. I can't even believe it's the 1st of April next Friday. Wow, 2022 is going quick. However, mm. <laughs> it is a date that's been looming for a while, specifically for England, because um, it's the kind of more release of COVID stuff. So mass free testing ends next Friday. So that is the, you know, the lateral flows that have been free to everybody will only be for certain specific vulnerable groups, if people who really, really super need them. But the, the you know, the ability to go and go to a chemist and grab a pack of free lateral flows, that all stops next Friday. Um, and it'll become personal responsibility what you do when you have COVID and symptoms. Um and venues will no longer be told or advised or recommended to use COVID passes or things like that. So another step for COVID, despite what we're seeing in the cases and despite the fact that I'm ironically saying it while it's having COVID. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is something that Tatton said last week, the, co- the cases are rising. Um, anecdotally around us, people are falling ill with COVID, although it's a milder form still the rates are going higher but you know we'll see how this goes on the 1st of april we may report back on this uh in, in coming weeks uh Tatum, what have you got in the crystal ball well my crystal ball is a much more personal one because by next week i'm going to have COVID <laughs> because my youngest has COVID at the moment and for various complicated reasons um i have to look after him tonight and and a house that's only got one bed so i'll be sleeping with with my youngest child in bed with him having COVID. So mm. my crystal ball <laughs> is I will be ill this time next week. Are you seeing a lot of Lemsip in your future? <laughs> Does Lemsip help? Is Lemsip one of the yeah. one of the things Lemsip we didn't know does about? Help. Yeah, obviously. Oh, okay. or, or own brand Lemsip, even better. <laughs> <laughs> especially especially with the cost of living increase, guys. There's no need yeah. to pay. Stay, stay with the generic stuff. The Tesco's own brand. Yeah. Aldi's own brand, if they have one. You know, go for that. Guys, thank you so much for this week. Hopefully you'll feel better soon, Diane. Hopefully Jeez. you don't get it, Tatten. Uh, but if you do, you get as mild a form of it as possible. Let's let's see how it goes. Um, guys, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure as always. And we'll say goodbye to everyone who's listening. Thanks all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.